0: This is Make
1: It kind M.I.P. With Marcemella, M.A.F.U.M.O. Mark Thompson. Make It clean. Get Woke. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we thought we'd do well to hear from those who are actually on the ground in Buffalo in the aftermath of this terrible mass shooting, this terrible tragedy. Joining us now, a licensed clinical psychotherapist, who is a part of Life Camp, Erica Ford's organization. Those joining us this morning work in the space of ending gun violence and gun violence prevention and intervention every day. Ronna Ryan with Life Camp joins us here on Make It Plain and also joining us from Voice Buffalo as a part of the Live Free Federation, the great work that Pastor Mike is doing, the Reverend Denise Walden. Welcome you both to Make It Plain. Thank you, thank you. And sorry, we have to meet under these terrible circumstances. Folks, we've heard all of the reporting on the the mainstream media news, but let's hear from those who are right there in the community. Uh, Reverend Denise, uh, tell us uh, what, from a community perspective, what happened Saturday and, and how you heard about it?
0: Thank you, Reverend Mark. Um, So actually this is my community. I live a five minute walk from Tops on Jefferson. Um, I was at home cleaning with my younger two kids and my phone just started exploding. And my husband called me and said, you need to get down the street. Uh, It's bad. It's really bad. And your community needs you. And I came on out and I was met by families that were aching in ways that there are not words to describe because they're loved ones. Some of them laid out in the parking lot in front of the grocery store. Um, and it's it's, it's it's tragic. It's tragic that someone can drive into a community that they don't know, that they've never been part of and can be filled with so much hate and anger that you wouldn't make a five hour drive to destroy a community of people that you think you hate, but you truly know nothing about. Um, Got there, families were hurting. Um, it It was a lot going on, started mobilizing families to get to one of the schools up the street uh, so that we could find a way of making sure that everybody was getting the news they needed um, because it was hard. There were folks who weren't ID'd, it took a long time. Um, We were at Michalski from about 1.30 in the afternoon until about 11 p.m. last night. Um, We got the last ID last night at 10.45. 10 individuals lost their life yesterday. And 13 individuals total were shot. Um, to my understanding, the youngest um was 14 years old. So this is hard. This is hard.
2: You you said something I want to be clear. You, 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 you your husband said you need to get down the street. Are you in that close proximity to where this happened? Yeah. This was that close to you? Lord have mercy. So so this is this is a store that is heavily visited then, correct?
0: It's the only grocery store in close enough proximity to our, the only one, the only one accessible to our community Um, within, gosh, it's gotta be a few miles. Yeah, it's the the only one. It's the only one on the east side that isn't close enough proximity. So yes, all of our elders, all of our loved ones, all of our children, go to this store my kids walk to this store frequently there's a family dollar in the next parking lot over our local chinese restaurant our library is across the street. um our favorite coffee shop is on the next corner over Hmm. this is this is home Hmm. it feels like someone came into our home and violated us horribly
2: and and clearly certainly did uh, Orion, Ryan, uh, let, let's hear f- from your point of view, when you heard about it and, and what mode, what gear you went into.
3: I'm like Dr. Uh, Reverend uh, Walden. I was actually leaving uh, that area because my office is in that area. And I was actually cleaning up some lot. I have a lot in that area that I was cleaning. So I was actually cleaning, meeting the person to clean the lot at 2.30. And this happened at two thirty, and it's maybe like seven minutes away. So, and I've seen police coming, you know, shooting past me. But I'm thinking, you know, it's, I'm, you know, I just we normalize things. You understand? We we normalize when we see police officers chasing by us. We most times, thank God, they're not chasing behind us, right, for no reason, right? But um, I got home and I saw it on the news, and I just broke down. I called Erica. And she connected me with Pastor Mike, and we've been mobilizing ever since last night. Um, that I want to offer free service. I want to offer therapeutic services. I want culturally competent services that understand gun violence, that understand uh, uh, adverse trauma, that understand generational abuse and oppression. And this is a part of it. This is not. Oh, um, first thing I first thing I heard in the news, other than the incident, was prosecution where's the F, you know what how how did this happen you know why is he wasn't tracked where's the transparency of of, of how this happened you know uh if why wasn't it monitored you know so so prosecution is is one thing but explaining to our people how can this happen in these days on top of the food apartheid on top of the one store on, pop, on top of the lack of transportation to get to a store. And not having stores mean no jobs, not having stores mean not, no adequate health, um, healthy foods. And my biggest concern, other than the therapeutic, culturally competent therapy, is what happens to these families when they can't go to the store tomorrow and the cameras are gone. What happens when they have to walk to a store, which actually not there? You can't eat out of a bodega. You can't live out of a bodega. You can buy a, a bottle of water, You know, maybe you can pick up you know, a pack of cards, but you can't buy meals in a bodega. And that's been happening to me. For me, this is not about just today and how we were gunned down and slaughtered. It uncovered the generational oppression.
0: I mean, we're living in a time where our council is considering increasing our policing budget by $5.4 million, but yet there is no resources in our black community. Right? To Raina's point, there is a lack of jobs, right? There's a lack of funding, even going to the few community centers that are over here so that our kids have safe havens to go to. We ask how. All through our community, yesterday there were several individuals in the community who saw that same man days two days before he was in our community. Two days before, so how we ask ourselves how? How was he two days prior in our community? He comes back two days later, and he slaughters ten people and shakes the lives of an entire community. We've been having this conversation about the violent culture of Buffalo. This is not new. This has become a culture in our city that is toxic and evil, and it has to be addressed, and it has to be dealt with, and there must be transparency. There must be accountability, right, to the people of this community. And that's not what's happening. We are watching county salaries get raised. We are watching all of these things, but our people are suffering. Like we said, violence is not new to Buffalo. But do we ask what's at the root of the violence? Why are we allowing these guns to constantly be brought into our community? Why is this happening? Why hasn't this truly been addressed we got $347 million in the city of the Buffalo in ARV funding. Show me where the new programs are. Show me where the new resources are. My kids live in this community. They play in this community. Show me a community center that has the capacity to allow our kids to really come in. And where the service providers that should be there supporting them and loving on them. You don't see it. But we got $347 million. I'm watching trucks all up and through the city, fixing roads and putting up this and putting up that. But the real prevention needs to happen in the community. Where we invested resources into places like Urban Christian Ministries who have been doing work in this community for 40 years. And yet they've never received a dime from the county, the state, or the city. But they've been working with gangs in the city for years and doing it well. How are we investing in those that are truly doing the work to do the prevention work, right? Where are the people that are gonna walk these streets and love on our young people who are hurting and crying out for justice? Because on one hand, we're watching our people get slaughtered for doing things like walking to the store in a hoodie. But we watch this 19 year old young white man to come disarm himself, take his clothes off, and peacefully get taken in after he slaughtered our people. And we ask, where is the justice in that? We need to see it. And the faith community, listen, I, I believe in the power of prayer. Prayer works, but faith without works is dead. We have got to come out of our buildings, we have got to come from behind our pulpits, and we have got to stand with these folks that are hurting. It's not enough for us to keep just showing up when there's a rally or a vigil or a protest. Who's gonna be out here when all these cameras leave?
2: A couple of things said. I'm gonna be, gonna be clear about. You said that there are those who saw the shooter a few days, Two days wow. prior, how much detail did they provide? And and, and he was talking. Show the police were He was answer? standing. Oh, he I'm was sorry. standing
0: across the street from Tops, talking to people in the community. Somebody bought him a bottle of water. He was out here like he was anybody else, and two days later he came back.
2: So clearly, he was casing the location. Um. You mentioned too, some of our young people are taken down just for wearing, walking down the street wearing a hoodie. Are you referring to the police? Yes. Are they, okay, right. And this guy was somebody else, just like um, the individual in Charleston was treated differently, was he yeah. not? Ron, is that your understanding too that he was treated?
3: Yes, I've learned more today. I've learned a lot more today that uh, the families are also crushed. No one wants anyone hurt, but the way this young man was able to take off his uniform, take off his army, his armor, and walk his way into the police car and things like that. And, you know, like I said, the families don't, this is not about retaliation this is about how people get treated when they are in these situations and the families were just crushed that the person was treated like he was a human like 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 he had those like he didn't do nothing wrong
0: it's addressing this like culture of hate wrong. and evil yeah. right it, it's yeah. addressing the culture so of hate it, and evil. If we can, it plays to that if we can honor the humanity then we should be honoring everyone's humanity and that's not what's happening right we watch the narrative that is put out around the black community every time something happens in the black community right they're gangbangers they're drug dealers right all this stuff all this narrative about our people we don't care about each other it's all this black on black crime and black on black hate and this is the narrative that's put out there but we all know that that is far from the truth that is far from the truth right? And what we ask is that if you can treat some with dignity, then treat all with dignity. Uh, yeah, if yeah, you can yeah. care yeah. about services yeah. for some, if you can care about what went wrong in his upbringing, what trauma support he yeah. needs, yeah. what about the trauma support that's needed for these kids? And if we were doing prevention services right, yeah. they yeah. wouldn't be picking up the guns in the first place. Yeah, yeah.
3: And, uh, and, identifying, and identifying people through language, shooter, terrorist, killer, and then and it seems like the black you know black people become killers shooters don't get you know bad treatment killers get killed right away if they do something wrong the terrorists get killed why is it why is it different languages you know because the languages identify how the treatment would be and we have to look past those languages cuz we say those words the shooter the killer the the terrorist murder is murder murder is murder
0: and we have to do the truth of, of telling about this, this dominant narrative that keeps going out, that justifies in these people's minds that are so full of hate and anger, that it is okay to treat some people like they're less than human. That it's okay to view us as monsters, as villains, right? We do all this fear mongering, right? Like for instance, let's look at the barrel reform rollbacks. Look at all the fear that has been being put in people. And white supremacist groups take that fear and they stir that pot and they stir that pot until it becomes something evil and ugly and bubbling over. But we have to put a stop to those narratives. We have to put a stop to that fear mongering. We have to stop feeding that beast and tell the truth.
2: And specifically, we know he was radicalized by the replacement theory argument that tucker carlson talks about um critical race theory he even had uh hear your reparations on one of his guns it is reported but but i think it's very important as you all are are in interventionists full-time i think it's important that people understand because i think human nature is to separate the 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 violence of mass shootings that many whites commit from the gun violence we see in the black community every day. Now, now, I know we all agree, we don't like that term black on black violence because nobody else has, there's no white on white violence, no Italian on Italian violence, but it's like that is set apart somewhere. The violence we commit against each other. What I hear you all saying, and I think it's important in our conversation that we find a way to stop people from separating. Violence is violence is violence. And so what I heard, I, I'm going to throw this out there and let you all expound on, but what I'm hearing is that the proliferation of guns in our communities and the violence amongst ourselves every day enables someone like this to come in and do what he did And because we are less than human. When we're painted as just being gun violent, that's like our nature. Black folk just shoot and kill each other. That's all we do all the time and that enables well, they, they're not real they're not fully human anyway so we can just show up in there and kill them that that's what that's one thing but i'm that's, getting into this that's one
3: that's one major part of it but tie that into the lack of resources which exacerbates the volcano it's one part of it. It's in everything. When I say the lack of resources from education to healthcare to mental health, it is mental health month. No one is talking about that, you know. From from the resources, from the transportation, the jobs, and then the black on black crime. It's the volcano. It can't separate. You can't separate the language that's based around black or black crime, based around other cultures' crime. Because that language dictates the behaviors of how people are
0: treated. And how we set people up, right? We live in a community. I'm a parent advocate in the Buffalo Public Schools District. We'll put first graders out on formal suspensions. 45 days out of school. Right? But if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about... The things that are happening systemically,
2: I don't want to leave that there now. On suspension, for what? What is because somebody first in first grade doing be spent for? Listen, five, I, five, five. so, point in case,
0: I was in a school about one of the students whose parents I support, and there was a young girl in the office, and they were arguing and tussling with her. Is a school they have a uniform, they have just cool, but she came to school that day in a hoodie. They wanted her to take the hoodie off. She refused. They said she was insubordinate. Security drug her to the office. Um, they put her out on formal suspension. Come to find out, she had the hoodie on because her brother was murdered the night before, and she wanted to feel close to him. Right? Like these are the things. Like these are real life things. We we have to like these are real
2: life people and we're not with real about life lawyer. situations. Little girl. So yes. Folk tree, our girls. To, Go ahead.
3: You have to be trauma informed and, and understand generational trauma to be able to connect with that child. You cannot counsel a child or connect with the problem if you don't understand the problem. If you're blaming them for the problem, I love Doctor uh, Reverend Wal- Walden's example because that's exactly what I'm talking about. When I say trauma-informed, culturally competent services that
0: Life Camp is so adamant about. Like how are the schools preparing for Monday? You know how many kids live in this community? How are the schools preparing for Monday? I guarantee you, I'm gonna get about 30 phone calls on Monday for children who live in this community who have been sent to school, right? Because they have caregivers Let's be honest. There's a lot of non-traditional households here. You got grandmas raising kids, aunties and uncles raising kids, siblings relate, raising kids, right? A lot of non So these kids will be sent to school on Monday. How are the schools preparing for what these kids are going to walk in with on Monday? And we've seen this too many times, and it's
1: it's it's bad. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
2: So, but, but, but there is, and, and you're, I, I agree with everything you said too, uh, uh, Sister Rana. When it's also the services, when you deny people services, you also dehumanize them, um, whether the violence comes or not. But, but obviously, I mean, you got kids having to walk down the street, um, before Saturday, having to negotiate violence and trauma, and then they have to negotiate it going to school Monday. But it is, it is a little bit different because here, this, this is a white boy coming in there killing them because they are black so how how is the community processing that or going to process that it has to be overwhelming because it seems there's just a, 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 you're surrounded by I don't by think
3: people. they are pro- I don't think they are processing it because again with the normalization and the lack of black therapists and providers, Without those restrictions, as the, uh, Reverend Walden just talked about, uh, I don't think that we are prepared. We're not prepared to service and people these have people. Normalized,
0: right? We're our not prepared. Our community has normalized this kind of trauma coming. Yes, this is different. Yes, a white boy came into a black community, he shook up our world. But as we were preparing for the vigil today, I can't tell you how many young adults walked over to me and he's like, "We don't even know how to feel anymore. We're numb." We don't even know how to show up anymore, right? We, we we have no idea. And that's the mindset. And don't get me wrong, there are some good things happening. People have mobilized on the ground. Crisis services are being set up in spaces. We have people like Sister Raina, who I'm grateful for, but we need more people that look like us that are showing up and serving our community. I just came out of um, where we've set up at Johnny B Wiley, to show up for people. And I'm gonna tell you, 80% of the people in there don't look like this community.
2: Well, and right and this, now- this guy, People may not know, what's Johnny B. Wiley? What, what Johnny is what? B.
0: Wiley is a community center. That's it's part right. of a school right here up the street from where the shooting happens. And crisis services, the American Red Cross, and some other groups have come together to be on the ground for trauma and crisis support. But again, right, like right now, this causes a level of distrust and a, a sense of no safety, like people don't understand. So for my sons and my friends' kids and our our community members to walk into a space where they're suppo- it's supposed to be trauma-informed and centered in love and care, and you look around that room and 75% of the people in that room look like the same person that just shot up your community and there's not any people that look like you, that's a trigger. That's a trigger, and we have to be honest about that. And so it's making it difficult for folks to process their trauma. And then we have to understand too, right, like this is a process, right? People are still waiting. Yes, people have heard. We have talked to all 10 of the families. They've heard, but they have not seen their loved one. Their loved one is at the county building. They cannot get access to see their loved one. And it makes it difficult when people can't get closure. And so when you ask about how are people processing, I think people are just trying to breathe right now. I can't yeah. say that people are trying to process. I think, and myself included, I just look for moments to catch my breath, right? And I stand because I have to. I feel like I have to.
2: Of course, and and, 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 and it is, and we appreciate you both. And now, you mentioned though, that there are people who are providing services who don't look like us but look like the shooter what is yes. that, what is that about? what who who's providing those that services that's
3: my concern that uh families are not getting uh, uh, culturally competent uh, workers. It's a lack. Of, it's, it's, it is a lack of of hiring African American therapists or, uh, or uh, having resources where they can get educated and become, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, outreach, you know, violence interrupters or programs that 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 understand gun violence and the adverse. Uh, 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 effects of gun violence, where Dr. Reverend Walden was saying that people have to get up and go about their business the next day, but they're still dealing with oppression that was here generational. It's generational oppression. So today's, today and yesterday is just opening wounds, opening old wounds. And if we don't have people who understand those wounds, who understand those pain of uh, from slavery to to uh, uh, abuse, um, um, that we have to sometimes act like it don't exist just to get to work and raise your kids. So many families are suppressing their anger and, and hurt. And this I think will be suppressed for a while until we start getting some real services and resources. Um, I I like Reverend Walden talked about crisis intervention being there. I'm on my way there to offer some pro bono work. I'll be offering that for the next three months to all the families who were victims, as well as um, the community. I am trying to galvanize as many African-American therapists, but again, the resources are very
2: limited here. Before we go, lastly, and I appreciate you all's time, we want you to get back to doing the work on the ground and the interruptions you're involved in. Um, Reverend Denise, you alluded to resources in the city, city budget and all that. It, it, cause, and I don't know, it. I apologize. I, li- I live in New York City. I don't follow bo- Buffalo politics that much. Who's running Buffalo? And is it a black mayor or a black city council or just, or just what?
0: We do have a black mayor. We do have several folks that are Black folks on our city council, but I think that in itself states a lot. That in itself says a lot, because yet we are where we are with the lack of resources that we have. And for folks who are of and from this community that are now sitting in positions of influence because they're in elected office, to still not ensure that resources come into the communities that they're supposed to be serving, um, I think there's there's a lot that needs to be addressed in our city. There's a lot that needs to be addressed. And I think that folks need to come to the table for a real conversation. And I think that our elected need to come to the table with the people that are on the ground in this community doing the work and support us in the solutions that we know that are needed and not keep dictating to us what they feel Continuing to increase our sheriff's department budget and our policing budget doesn't create safety in the Black community. That's not what it's going to take. And so we need to really talk about what interruption and prevention looks like and stop reacting when devastation comes to our community, but start doing some things and putting some things in place that will address the culture of violence. Again, the culture of violence in our city. Yeah, yeah. And my
3: last thing would be on that is that, you know, this is the time for all uh, uh, politicians to work together to find solution based services. As Reverend Walden said, solution based services means everybody's involved, the family, the community, the politicians, everybody's involved. And this is this is where you can build that momentum. This is where you can actually show why you were voted, voted in. This is a great opportunity for both sides to come together and help a community so we can give back as a community. Helping a community is not a selfish thing, it's an act that gives back.
2: Amen. Sister Raina Ryan of Life Camp, Reverend Denise Walden of Voice Buffalo, part of the Live Free Federation movement, they uh, work against plague of gun violence every day. They are violence interrupters and um, we're thankful. And I'm sure Buffalo was and thankful I, to be there. Yes.
3: I would just like to say thank you also to Life Camp uh, and 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 Reverend Al Sharpton from the National, and, and offering services from the National Action Network. And also Reverend Al Sharpton offered uh, as well as Life Camp to pay for some of the family's funerals. So I wanna thank Reverend Al Sharpton for reaching out
1: Parker, engineering your success.
2: Thank you both for joining us. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to keep these uh, warriors close at hand as this story continues to develop. I I should ask this, though. Those who are listening, are there ways that those in our community, the general public outside of Buffalo can help you all? Do you all need contributions? Why don't we put that out there so?
3: Yeah. I mean- yes, because I'm going to be offering uh, free pro bono services to families are underserved who don't who who don't. Who are who are only have access to traditional services. So, if any social workers want to come on board, I teach at the university here. My I already saw some of my students here. So, help. I'm um, getting people uh, uh, things they may need: food pantries, uh, um, 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 baskets of fruits, things that we can give people. That that supermarket is going to be closed. So, I'm at uh, uh, consult with Raina Ryan. Um, I'm, I'm located at 651 Delaware Avenue. My number is 716. 716- 206-9867. Again, I'm representing Life Camp. And of course, our Sharpening and the National Action Network is definitely is, is will also need support because family's gonna be running there too. And I know Reverend Denise Walter have a lot of resources that she would definitely need to, to the work that she's doing.
0: Yeah, please feel free to um follow Voice Buffalo on social media. We will be doing drives to make sure that families um, have what they need food wise and otherwise, and also coordinating faith services for families who would like faith services um, to just offer that spiritual support to these families that have been impacted and not just the families that have had tragic loss, but to the people who love them and are in community with them. Uh, we are here for you. Uh, and you can reach out to me at 716-465-2297, Denise at VoiceBuffalo.org. And we just appreciate whatever support you can lend our community right now. But mostly we need lots of love, light, positivity, and prayer.
3: And just don't forget that Nan is the Buffalo chapter. (laughs) Not the New York City chapter, Buffalo chapter, National Action Network.
2: Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding. By whatever name you call her and him, all God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.